Welcome to the Fight Shed Podcast, the podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports of the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. How are you? Doing good. Um, it's uh, it's not cold, right? Nope, February, it's not, cold. it's not cold. I thought it was going to be very, very cold. Okay. Um, it's been a couple weeks since we've recorded. Um, did any kind of show? Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's going so far so good for 2024. 2024. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad January's over already. Yeah. <laughs> I got 11 more months to get out of 2024. Yeah, that that's what I was telling my daughter. I was like, all right, all right, 11 11 more months till Christmas. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where did January go? But I've kept my head down so far down, just working and staying at home and trying to conserve. Yeah, yeah. That it just every day is a groundhog day. It seems like. Yeah. Um. What, how was your weekend? It was good. It was okay. Uh, trying to think. Last uh, wasn't last weekend. I guess it was the weekend before. Of course, there's no combat sports because there's the WWE Royal Rumble. How, how was that? I was a little disappointed. I thought The Rock was going to show up. He didn't show up. There wasn't any crazy um, surprise guest. And as usual, Roman Reigns fights three other guys and cheats to win. I mean, that's the Royal Rumble. No, he he was in a fatal four way against three other competitors. And of course, The Rock didn't show up at all. He did not. Wow. So disappointing. Yeah. And I'm just tired of Roman Reigns always winning by. But it cheating no, but it was royal rumble right yeah so they who, did have who a, was who was a crazy show to show up who's the the weird person to show up in royal royal rumble the only weird person to show up for the men was andre andrada who actually okay. dates charlotte flair and he used to be in the aew so he showed oh, okay. up wow. and then the female one uh, who showed up was Jade Cargill, who used to be in AEW, mm. which I, that was kind of that was probably my highlight was her showing oh. up. But it came down to CM Punk versus uh, Cody, um, Cody Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, yeah. And Cody Rhodes ended up winning. Yeah. And so the next night he goes to confront Roman Reigns, say, "Hey, I'm going after your title. I have, you know, punched my ticket to WrestleMania." Yeah. And then the Rock comes comes up. Oh no. And The Rock comes out, he gets in the ring, and he looks over at Cody and just basically shoes him to the back and said, no, <laughs> I you're not it. getting I It's going to be me at WrestleMania. That's not fair, right? No, and a lot of WWE fans are pretty upset about it. They're like, hey, why don't you show up for the Royal Rumble? Why, I mean, what makes yeah. you that you get a punch your ticket because you happen to be The Rock? So a lot of people are not happy with it. The other night I was watching Royal Rumble two, 1992, and I think it was, yeah, 92. Hulk Hogan? Um, no, no, it was, um, Ric Flair, the Ric Flair one. Yes. Okay. All, he was number one and ended up winning the whole thing. Right. Yeah. That doesn't ever happen. That's crazy. But it, but you know, you, you look back and you're like, dang, those are like the best big boss man. And yeah, you know, you remember, and that was 92 and like, you know, in 96, 98, whenever the NWO, the, you know, they started came back and 95. Yeah. Brett. Yep. Um, the British Bulldog yeah. was there, and then, awesome, uh, yeah, and then, who else? Um, the Warrior? No, not the Warrior. It was a uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Macho Man was still there. Yeah, he was there. Um, who else came out? Um, oh, oh, Shawn Michaels. You could you could tell like he's the young Shawn Michaels. He he's was, not, wasn't yeah, he? and then just to know that 
in a few years he's going to be a superstar yeah. at WWE. I think Triple H was still back then, maybe or Probably, too early. Yeah, but he remember yeah. he was like the he was Hunter Hearst Hemsley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That was like his gimmick was it that was. he was a rich kid from yes. wherever, right? Yes. Yeah, those, man, those are some good good days. Do you compare it to? Is there any comparison to now and maybe uh, late nineties or mid nineties, early nineties? No, there's no comparison. No, right? There's zero comparison at all. No, not at all. In fact, I'm rewatching WCW '95 to 2000. Oh, see that every amazing. week. I love. That. I watch it every. I'm watching. I'm watching the weekly episodes, and then when it gets to the pay per view, I got to watch yeah. the pay per view because I'm building up to the introduction of Goldberg because that was one of my favorites. Oh, oh, that run was crazy. Yeah, that Goldberg run, and then every week it's like this guy is gonna. He's he's already won ten in a row. Fifteen, thirty. I know. Oh, yeah. It's just crazy. And uh, the other thing, speaking of wrestling, is I went to the movies. Yeah. And we saw the Iron Claw. Okay. How was that? I've seen it. I've seen, I haven't seen any previews, but I've seen it listed. You've seen it listed. Do you know what it is? I haven't seen it, no. Okay. It's the uh, uh, biography, kind of. Okay. Of um, the Von Erichs. Oh, the Von Erichs. Yes, the Von Erichs. Interesting. Because, you know what? The other day, whenever I was watching the Royal Rumble, I uh, saw the Texas Tornado come out. And I was like, who's Texas Tornado? And then I, it's Carrie Von Eric. Do you want me to give you one fact that I didn't even know? What's that? I saw this movie. Did you know Carrie Von Eric in that fight had uh-huh. already lost his foot and he was fighting with one foot? Oh, wow. He kept it a secret. I didn't ever what know. What do you mean lost his foot? Like- he lost his foot. He 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 got in a, a motorcycle accident, lost his foot, and he- Just put a boot on? and He put went- a boot on. And there were times when he would shower afterwards and he'd shower in the boots because he didn't want anybody to know. That's crazy. Is this crazy? Yeah. I, I never knew that. He was doing good, too. He was taking I people know. out. I, I can tell you this. The Iron Claw absolutely is a must-watch. Wow. Okay. It is a must-watch. It is so good. Yeah. The problem is, is the tragedy in that family is so bad right. that when you get to the second one, you're literally like, oh, my God, I still got three or four more tragedies that I have to sit through. It was gut-wrenching. So is Got it like a, a series, like a, a series no, of two-hour movies? Two-hour movie, two hour movie of course. But you said the the second one. What do you mean, like the the Ron when, when there was a second tragedy in their family, uh, I don't want to give it away. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. You just know that, there's that we still there's, got more coming. coming. Uh, like normally, you're watching a show, you don't really know, yeah. you know, and so you don't realize the cliffhanger and another cliffhanger. Yeah. You know what's coming next, and it's just so. It's so gut-wrenching. Yeah, it's sad. I think it's one of those... I think a lot of people still talk about the Von Erics around here, the people yeah. that know about um, WWF or WWE, um, and they still talk about it. They still talk about the Von Erics and uh, how even they came to San Angelo and you know wrestled a few times here and everything like that. But yeah. Uh, another another interesting thing is uh, my two friends went to Hawaii, mm-hmm. and they were grocery shopping. They came out, and Kevin Von Erich was standing there. Wow. And they went up to him and said, sorry to bother you. Aren't you Kevin Von Erich? He's like, yeah, I'm Kevin Von Erich. He, him and his family have lived in Hawaii for many, yeah. many years. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. Well, this weekend I watched the movie. Okay. What'd you do? I went to a movies and I watched The Beekeeper. I saw the previews on that. Yeah. And that's with Jason Statham? Yeah, yeah. And Same old type of movie that Jason Statham is in. Always comes up with, right? Always, yeah. He's a retired... Whatever, CIA... CIA operative. Yeah. 
and he has to come out of retirement to save some bees or something, Dude, right? Yeah, something like that. But it was good. Was I, it, it was very action packed. Yeah, okay. it was entertaining. Good. I liked it. it. It was. It's not something that I wasn't disappointed in. So, but there's not a lot of movies out there right now. But Iron Claw, I'm gonna have to look into. You have that. to look it up. Yeah. And speaking of action, we actually had some last weekend. Finally, yeah, we did finally. Yeah. Right, um, couple past couple weekends. Let's just go ahead and jump into our uh, our MMA segment first to just kind of mix things up. Um, so last weekend we did have from the UFC Apex this past February third, UFC Fight Night Dola Lee's versus Imanov. Kicking off a recap, we're just gonna go ahead and jump into our main event of the evening: Narsadine Imanov versus. Roman Dolice in a middleweight division clash. Two fighters looking to try to move forward in this division to hopefully get a title shot in the next two or three fights. What'd you feel? I mean, it was kind of one-sided to me. It was very one-sided. You know, they started trading kicks at the very beginning, filling each other out, but uh, Omoviv pressed Dolice a lot with his superior jab. I mean, looking at the judges' scorecards, I mean, those scorecards are actually kind of all over the place. It's the decision, a majority decision for the winner, 49-44, but then we have a 47-47, and then a 48-46. Um, what was well, the judge looking at? Especially that one, 47-47. I, mean, I do feel that Narsadin Imavov just handled every single round. For me, it was almost every round. I thought so, too. And then if you just look at Roman's uh, face, it was battered at the start yeah. of the second round. So I don't know what that judge was looking at through this fight and somehow thinking that you know Roman was you know getting rounds. In the end, we do have Nasruddin Imavov winning the middleweight division clash. Um, what's next for Imavov? Imavov is 13-4, and 5-2 in the UFC. He beat a top-10 fighter in the division. So I think let's fight another top tenner. The ninth-ranked Marvin Vittori should be next for him. Ooh, yeah, I think that would be a good good start off for him um, going into that, uh, you said, top ten. Um, he's coming off of a no-contest uh, decision against Chris Curtis. I think he even called out Chris Curtis at that point. Yeah, I'm really surprised that Vittori is down to ninth, though, because he was for a while in that top five. Yeah, but the, with the Vittori, it was it – was, um, it's a roller coaster with him, right? He it comes is. up and it, right when it's ten, right he's on the cusp of a championship opportunity. He loses a fight, um, but I would love to see. Even though a lot of people don't want to hear this, but Chris Curtis running back with him. It was an accidental accidental clash of heads um, back on June um, of uh, 2023. Uh, I would go ahead and just run it back. They almost run it back that night. They sure did. Did, did you see yeah. that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I couldn't believe. Next thing I know, I saw uh, Curtis sitting in uh, the Roman's uh, 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 corner. I was mm-hmm. like, what is going on here? This is strange. Chris, Chris Curtis, he's actually coming off a fight on January 20th, so kind of works out for him. So kinda this does. should be, it might be the next thing up for both of them. Absolutely. What do you think's next for um, Dullities? Just needs to learn from it, figure out what he did wrong. I mean, he never really was in this fight. I think he's he's got some uh, training. Some he's got some things to shore up because he definitely has holes in his game. Uh, actually, Dolides is on a two fight losing streak now. Uh, his last win came against Jack Hermanson back in December of two thousand twenty two. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's once you get lost in the mix in this division, it, yeah. it's hard to c- try to climb back up. There's a lot of names, and there's a lot of good top 10 fighters in this division. Well, I mean, there was other fights on that card. Um, we do have uh, Drew Dauber versus Renato Makaino on the co-main event. Makaino gets the win 
um, by decision, a unanimous decision. Randy Brown made a made an appearance this past weekend too um, against Muslam Salakov. It gets a knockout in the first round, and also the return of Meatball Molly McCann. Did yes, you get to see that? I did see it. And what did you think about her? Uh, well, the first thing she uh, first thing she did was she moved up in weight. Yeah, she, she, she quit having those uh, cut weight issues. She looked healthy. She looked strong. And I thought she took care of business, and she needed to. It was a straw weight debut, debut um, this past Saturday for Molly McCann. She was coming off of two-fight losing streak, um, one against Aaron Blanchfield and another one against Yula Stralenko. Um, but gets a submission win by Armbar. Uh, welcome back to the win column for Molly McCann. What'd you think of the card? Did you watch the whole thing? I didn't what? watch the whole thing, but they had some pretty good names. So where where did you finally rank that? Uh, I probably put it at seven point five. I mean, we've 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 done nines before, but for even better names and better cards for this. Yeah, I I put it at a seven. I I was not entertained like I felt like I should have been. Uh, don't know whose fault that was, or maybe it was just some lackluster names right now. But uh, yeah. Uh, it is what it is. Well, um, despite that, we did have a fight of the night. Charles Johnson versus Azmat Azat Makasim. Maxim. Um, they get a $50,000 bonus for fight of the night. And performances of the night, we have Randy Brown and okay. Molly McCann. Good for them. Well, that brings us to this week's preview of UFC Fight Night Hermanson versus Pfeiffer. Kicking off our card, we do have the co-main event of the evening, Dan Ige versus Andre Feely in a featherweight division clash. And this is at 145 pounds. Alex Volganowski is our current champion. Now Dan 50k Ige is 32 years old, 17 and 4 with 5 KOs, 5 submissions and 7 decisions. He is currently ranked 11th in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision September of last year and he is 2 and 2 in his last four fights. Now, Andre Touchy-Feely is 33 years old, 23-10, and 10, with 10 KOs, 3 submissions, and 10 decisions. He is currently ranked 21st in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the first round, December of last year, and he is 2-2 two two in his last four fights. Now, Ige is a minus 180, and Feely is a plus 150. Danny is from Hawaii. He stands at 5'7 with a 71-inch reach. He represents Extreme Couture MMA. Notable wins come against Nate Lindenauer, Damon Jackson, and Gavin Tucker. Notable losses come against Bryce Mitchell and, Moss and Josh Emmett. Andre Feely is from Washington. He stands at 5'10 with a 74-inch reach, and he represents Team Alpha Male. Notable wins come against Lucas Ameda, Bill Algio, and Charles Jodane. Notable losses come against Nathaniel Wood, Joander Sembrito, and Bryce Mitchell. Well, these are two recognizable names. I'm surprised they've never hooked up. Something um, that we mentioned about Vittori, same thing could be mentioned about Feely, right? He's a up the roller coaster he guy. He was ten, top he, 10. Yeah, well, top 10. Yeah. And then comes loses sometimes and then wins. and So, so hopefully he can get back on a winning streak and um, get this uh, two-fight winning streak going. Yeah, because I believe if I looked at the stats, Feely is two, four, and one since twenty twenty. I think. Yeah, I tell I tell you, it's like a up and down roller yeah, coaster from him. Let's just say from from twenty twenty, he's got uh, three losses and one uh, no contest and two and two wins. Yeah, yeah. So it's just yeah, it's just and he's got all the potential. He had I think 
I think he does I, too. I, I, just, I just know that he's if he turns that corner, we're gonna see someone that's a really big time contender. I do, and he's still young enough. I mean, thirty three years old, he's still kind of in his prime. He just needs to turn that train around because right now, it's almost a must win for him. Who do you have winning the fight? I have Ige by decision. You know, what? I'm gonna go ahead and go with Andre Feely and just go ahead and jump on his bandwagon right now. And you like him how? Uh, decision win. Okay. Next up, we have the main event of the evening, Jack Hermanson versus Joe Pfeiffer in a middleweight division clash. And this is at 185 pounds, and Duras Duplassis is the current champion. Now, Jack the Joker Hermanson is 35 years old, 23-8 and eight with 11 KOs, 6 submissions, and 6 decisions. He is currently ranked 11th in this division. His last fight was a loss by TKO in the second round, December of 2022. And he's 2-3 and three in his last five fights. Now, Joseph Body Bags Pfeiffer is 27 years old, 12-2 with 8 KOs, 3 submissions, and 1 decision. He is currently ranked 18th in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the second round, October of last year, and he is on a five-fight win streak. Now, Pfeiffer is a minus 210, and Hermanson is a plus 175. Jack Hermanson is from Sweden. He stands at 6'1", with a 77.5-inch reach. He represents Frontline Academy. Notable wins come against Chris Curtis, Edmund Shabazian, and Kevin Gastelum. Notable losses come against Roman Dolidze, Sean Strickland, and Marvin Vittori. Joe Pfeiffer is from Pennsylvania. He stands at 6'2 with a 75-inch reach, and he represents Marquez Mixed Martial Arts. Notable wins come against Gerald Merchart and Eric Anders. Notable losses come against Dustin Stolfus and Joven Patti. Well, we have one veteran, Hermanson, on the downslide, and we have a, another one that's... Five surging. five win string. Surging. Yeah, well, actually, seven if you count all his uh this previous like the contender series and also sure. for um CFFC. Um, so yeah, seven fight winning streak. And Hermanson is a a veteran, another guy that you know he's just always on the cusp. I know of something great, but then runs into some young guy. Well, yeah, lo and behold, we have some young guy here. Well, my nickname's The Joker. He's a joker, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to take the surging five-fight win streak. Body bags, Pfeiffer. I like him by decision. I also like Joe Pfeiffer um, by decision. So do we have some other names on this card? Yeah, definitely. We have some uh, veterans that are on this card. Brad Tavares is in versus Gregory Rodriguez in a middleweight division clash. Michael Johnson versus Darius Flowers. And then we also have Rudolph Vieta versus Armin Petrosian. So pretty good, decent names. There's some um, decent so, names on that. Yeah. So where are you putting the bar on this one? Um, I'm going to just go ahead and put a 7.5. I'm not as generous. I'm putting a 7.0, and hopefully I'm setting the bar low enough. I'll be entertained Saturday. All right. Well, that brings us to our MMA news and notes. So Daniel Cormier is suggesting a 165-pound division, which should launch. And if it's launch... Conor McGregor should be in the title fight at the very first of these of this division. So what do you think about a super lightweight division? So is that in between one fifty that's one what? One fifty five and one seventy five. Because it makes a twenty pound jump. Wow. So in between Makachev versus Leon Edwards, they would put a division. 
I mean, you know, sometimes more divisions is actually better. Sometimes, sometimes I, I think it, it is. is. Yeah. Um, you know, boxing has crazy amount of divisions, right? Yeah. We have like four pound differences between divisions or five pounds. Um, and it's the only ten pounds in their whole divisions that has a twenty pound gap. Because after that, it's 75, 85. Uh, well, they're actually 95. 195 is not a division yet either. So I'm all for that. And I would be anxious to see who's moving down and who's moving up and wait to get in that division, you know? Yeah, no, I'm actually – I would like to see that, especially since, um, you know, if that, that's the only way Conor McGregor can come back and fight someone decent as far as in his may cool, yep. closer to his weight class, then, yeah, I'm all for it. Yep. Well, I don't know if we've discussed this before, but we do have someone making her UFC debut back on UFC 300. UFC debut. Ronda Rousey. Mm, Nope, no, no. No. Uh, Cyborg. Chris Cyborg? That would have been interesting, but no. Brock Lesnar. No. Does he even wrestle? Does he even do anything anymore? Uh, There's rumors. Huh. Interesting. There was rumors that he was going to come out of retirement to fight Tom Aspinall. Okay. For 300. Wow. A lot of names get thrown to 300, yeah, so I'm not so. going to be you're surprised. Desperate. When you're yeah. desperate. So how desperate are UFC that you're telling me they're going to show up at UFC 300? So they're, someone's going to make their debut at UFC 300, okay. Kayla Harrison. PFL Kayla Harrison. Yeah. Or now free agent. Well, now, signed, now signed by UFC to fight Holly Holm. Wow. Wow. Well, on the scale of one to ten, what do you what do you think about this uh match? Ten. Yeah, you think I'm so? I'm ready to see Kara uh, uh I'm ready to see her. Holly Holm, if it was maybe three years ago, four years ago. Gotta start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you want to do? I mean, but I just you know, I just You know what this is setting up. We all know what we're Amanda getting. Amanda Nunez has come back. We're getting her in the fall. Yeah. Are you excited about that? I think I am. I, I think am I will be. Yeah. You know, Chris Cyborg is a free agent. Are you wanting her to get back into the UFC? I don't know because do, there's no division for her, right? In the UFC, that's the one reason why she left there because is, there was no fighter, well, no fights. Harrison's kind of in the same boat. She don't okay really, one fighter, two maybe with Nunez. I, I know. So Alexander Volkanovsky outlines how he will earn an Islam Makhachev trilogy fight. He's going. Everyone's going to be reminding, and everyone's going to be switching. Alexander Volganovsky wants another round with Islam Makachev. When he moves up in weight, does he get, does he make his way through the division, or does he get another title shot instantly? What do you think? Does he first deserve a trilogy fight? And who was that again? Uh, Alexander Volganovsky versus mm-hmm. Islam Makachev. Do we do we want it? Does he deserve it? I think we do. I think we all want it because, I mean, the first time we feel like. Uh, Volkanovski won. We do, yes. Right, and the second fight, I mean, well, he got, he got knocked out, right? Yeah, whatever. Yep. So technically, in the eyes of fans, which are unofficial, right? Yes, it's one-one. Yes. So I would do another one. Okay, so in order to do that, does he automatically get a title shot and move up, or does he have to work his way through the division? Um, no, I think I think he has a name. Just go ahead and jump, pencil him in. Okay. And do you think we're going to get that in the next year? Uh, I think so. You think I so? I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, according to MMANews.com, there are five fights that 
that are must-watch in the UFC that will happen in 2024. Five likely UFC fights that we can't miss. Number five. All right. Okay. Kobe Cummington versus Shaftak Rachmanov. Would you want to see that fight? Interesting, but I, I the problem is is that Kobe didn't show up in his last fight. I know. Did not one bit show up in that fight. So his his uh luster is kind of yeah, well, I mean, it's it's almost like setting him up to get massacred, right? By Rachmanov. Rachmanov's a beast. All right, number four, can't miss this year. Alex Piera versus Jamal Hill. I heard that was set for 300. Well, I mean, I guess not officially right now, no. so mm, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm interested. I want to see what the other former champ does against the current champ, right? Like the current champ already took down. Piera already took down a former champ. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the next one does. Bring the next one up. All right. Number three, m- must have fight of the year, Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. My boy. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen. It's never going to happen. But I want to see it. Speaking of never going to happen, number two. Oh, God. John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. I'm not interested. No? I am not interested. I, I would. I am more interested in a John Jones versus the, the interim champion, Tom Aspinall. Yeah. I am, too. I think, you know? that, I think it's a little too late, too too much too late or whatever for Stipe. I mean, the last time he fought was like Ngannou, right? I think so. Yeah, and here's the thing. He's he's already got the foot one foot out the octagon door, if yeah. not both. Like the only way he's no. getting back in there at this point is uh, payday. And that's the thing is that he's already outside the octagon yeah. door, right? Yeah. What do you got for number one? Number one, Drakus Duplessis versus Israel Adesanya. Must have fight of twenty twenty four. What do you think about that? Well, I don't think it's going to happen because Adesanya is kind of. Retired right now. Yes. I and mean, he's not interested. I, I don't think Duplessis, in my personal opinion, is a big enough name for him to come back and fight. Even though for he's a champion? Doesn't matter if he's a champion. Huh. No? Well, he's a champion. I mean. I know. Technically, yeah. that, that trumps a lot of other things, right? That you, Well, you're the champion. I know. But, you know, I kind of feel the same way about my other boy, Leon Edwards. Mm-hmm. He he he's just not a big enough name for some of these uh, veterans that are just looking for legacy fights or, you know, put another name on their resume. So we'll see. I'd like to see Duplessis fight, you know, an opponent first before he gets to Adesanya. What do you think? Um. Yeah, I do. I do. I would like to yeah. see him defend that title. Um. I don't know who would be next. I mean, you know, who else would be in the division? You know. Um. I mean, we already talked about him, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, Shemaev is in that division. Well, yeah, Shemaev is there, and then, but I think that's probably the only name, right? Because like Robert Whitaker, Robert um, Whitaker is just yeah. kind of older. Yep. Um, yep. You know, uh, Votori, he was yep. always there. Yep. You know, uh, Costa, Cannoneer, Cannoneer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I would like to see. You know, now the one I would be interested in mm-hmm. is Shemaev versus Adesanya. Now that I'm interested in. Because Shamayev is that unstoppable train in that division. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Do you have any other news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our MMA segment. Now on to our boxing segment. Well, we did have several boxing events in the last couple of weeks um, to recap. 
Um, first, kicking off our recap, we do have Connor Ben versus Peter Dobson. This was live from Las Vegas, Nevada, back on Saturday, February 3rd. Connor Ben hasn't fought in a while. Uh, I think the last time he was supposed to fight. Um, October of 2022 against Chris Eubanks Jr. I guess, yeah. So it's been, that was the last time he was That's supposed to fight. That's the last time. And I guess it was because he had drug. Yeah, it the, wasn't the last time because he literally he he fought last year. It just was so lackluster in in that fight that he had against uh, Ar Arzinio mm -hmm. that nobody remembers it. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. Well, Connor Bid did step into the ring with an undefeated record, twenty two and zero. Dobson made his way to the ring with an unblemished record of sixteen wins, um, nine by knockouts. Um, man, I, it seemingly was going to be a really good fight. I thought it was going to be a really good fight for me. Again, I don't think Ben to me looked like it was, uh, you know, an exceptional performance where he's putting a, a name out there so that uh, he gets better fights. Well, the thing is that we expect Connor Ben, the destroyer yes. to come in and get rid of Peter Dobson, no matter what 16 and old, whatever don't matter. Connor Ben is a name in the, the, the division, right? In the welterweight division, unbeaten. He should have come in here and blown the doors off. Well, technically, he kind of did, according to the the uh, the scores, the scores, right? But not to the eye, right? Not no. to the boxing eye. And again, we do have Connor Ben remaining undefeated: 119, 109, 118, 110, and 118, 110. Of course, it looks like he blew this guy away, but not to the person that's you know a a real big Connor Ben fan, right? Knowing yep. what he can do. Yeah, to me, Dobson found his feet in the middle rounds, and he made it a lot tougher fight than I think Ben was anticipating. Well, let me ask you about Chris. Uh, you or let me ask you about Ben. Do you think he's now twenty three and zero? Do you think his next fight should try to get that rematch? Man, get I that would, fight set up for Chris Eubank. I need that. We need that fight, right? Yeah, we, we need do, that Chris we? Eubank fight. It was setting up to be a really big match. Yeah. One of the probably the biggest matches of the year for in the United Kingdom. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I think we have to have that. Yep. We have to have it. Yep. Well, that brings us to our second event for that weekend, um, February 3rd, live from the Oval Arena in London, the United Kingdom. We have Joshua Bautzi versus Dan Azizi, Aziz, Aziz in a light heavyweight division clash. I'll tell you, Bautzi's body work and his left hand up top was a key difference in this fight. Uh, Batiste stepped. He came into the ring with an undefeated record of seventeen and zero. Uh, Aziz made his return to the ring, coming in twenty and zero with thirteen wins by knockout. Um, but yeah, I think I think Joshua Bauti looked every bit of you know his of the fighter that we expected him to be. Right? Yeah, and Aziz just seemed to be a step behind for most of the night. I mean, he just wasn't as fast. He wasn't as precise as his opponent. I think with Batsi, he's like one of those guys we know he's up and coming. We've yep. we kind of tracked him through his career. Um, he's fought really great contenders. And um, now he comes 18-0. What do you think is next for Batsi in, in the future? Well, Batsi, either way, it was a clear win for the 30-year-old. And now he's probably looking to see what happens between the Better B versus Beevil fight coming up. So do you think he can go against one of those wins? Absolutely those not. Me neither. I don't. I mean, yeah, we sing the praises of Bautzi, 
but we'll calm down. Hold your horses. And here's the thing. The Fight Shed Podcast always says until you get to 20-0, and 0, get That's those true. 20 fights, you don't really deserve a title shot in our opinion. All right. Well, that brings us to a couple weeks ago, um, back on January 27th. We do have the return of Jaime Munguia versus John Ryder from the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Munguia came in 42-0, and 0, and Ryder, a, a, uh, a veteran, came in 42-6. and 32-6. Munguia came out and attacked early and showcased his offensive prowess and power. Now, let's just put, this, put it this way. He, he's 27-year-old. Yes. Jaime Munguia. Six foot versus a five nine, uh, John Ryder. John Ryder been through several wars already, one with Canelo, several other bigger names in that division. Um, Jaime Munguia just looked like what the stats say: the younger, faster, stronger, bigger body fighter, and he proved it. He looked great against a two-time interim former champ. And you know we've we talked about this a couple of times. Like, okay, who has Jaime Munguia fight? He has really hasn't fought anybody, right? You know, who does he deserve all this hype that's coming up with him? But He's, now he he gets, fought someone. He fought somebody, and he actually um, breaking news: John retired. John Ryder had just retired a couple of days ago. He literally did just retire. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like I was saying, uh, he's thirty five years old, thirty seven uh, wins. Seven losses, 18 KOs, and he used to be a two-time interim super middleweight champion. Well, it looks like Munguia did get a couple of knockdowns um, before the actual the final round in the ninth round where he does, does stop John Ryder. Um, gets a TKO win. Well, now what? Now what's next for Jaime Munguia? I'll be honest with you. I think he showcased his skills and is is a deserving candidate to f- uh, face Canelo Alvarez. Mungia is ranked number one in the WBO, and let's see what else. And number two in the WBC. But Mungia did did stop John Ryder, which is what Canelo was unable to do. Well, that's a, that's a good one, and I mean, and. and Again, goes back to our 20-fight rule. This guy's got, what, 40? 40 he's 43, 43 and 0? 43 and 0, yeah. Okay? I, I think his name is 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 big enough for Canelo to have to defend his belts at this point. The, the, I think he has to. I, I don't see anybody else. Do you? Is there someone the else? The only one person that I would like to see him fight before Canelo is maybe a um, Caleb Plant. Didn't he already fight Caleb Plant? Oh, you're saying Munguia fight Caleb Plant. Munguia, yeah. Munguia fight Caleb Plant. I feel like you you have to fight a gauntlet in order to get to Canelo at this point. It just doesn't seem fair at this point. Well, I think it doesn't seem fair, but that's probably what Canelo wants you to do, too. So, like, as far as, like, before you get through me, to me, you have to get beat up. Beat up a lot of times, and then I'll fight you. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of feeling. Are Are you interested in... Uh, are you interested in the fight? First off, Mejia versus Alvarez. Um, I I think I am, but I think Alvarez is too much more experienced. Of course, sixty and twenty and okay. two. Um, but I think Mejia is just not mature enough at this point. Are you more interested than that fight that I just said of a Benavides versus Alvarez? Would you rather no. see that one? I'd rather see Benavides. Versus Alvarez. Okay. Yeah. And 
one more on top of that, are you even more interested in seeing a rematch of Bevo versus Alvarez? Um, Bevo versus Alvarez. Uh, not at this point. Me too. Not at this point. All right, well, that brings us to this week's fight this Thursday, February 8th from the Michelob Ultra Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Teofimo Lopez versus Jermaine Ortiz in a 12-round super lightweight bout. This is at 140 pounds. Teofimo Lopez, Devin Haney, and Rolando Romano are your other champions. Now, this is for the ring and WBO Junior Walter Weight title. Now, Tio Fimo, the takeover Lopez, is 26 years old, 19 and 1, with 13 KOs. He is currently ranked second in this division. His last fight was a win by decision, June of last year, and he debuted in 2016. Now, Jermaine, the technician, Ortiz, is 27 years old, 17, 1 and 1, with 8 KOs. He is currently ranked ninth in this division. His last fight was a win by decision, September of last year, and he debuted in 2016. Now, Lopez is a minus 700, and Ortiz is a plus 390. Teofimo Lopez is from Brooklyn, New York. He stands at 5'8", with a 68.5-inch reach. He now has a 68% knockout rate with notable wins against Josh Taylor, Sander Martin, and Pedro Campa. Notable losses come against George Combosis Jr. Jermaine Ortiz is from the United States. He stands at 5'8 with a 69 and a half inch reach. And he has a 47% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Antonio Moran, Jamel Herring, and Nari Albright. Notable losses come against Vesely Lomachenko. Well, we get another Lopez fight. He did actually look decent in his last fight. But you know, you know the fight. I think before he lost to Kimbosa, I believe he retired for a bit, and then I think he came back and said, "Hey, I'm going to fight again." So I'm hoping I get the old Lopez back. I think I've said it before. I hope I get him back, and if I do get him back, and the odds say that he's going to win this fight, I've got Lopez by decision. Um, you know what? I'm I'm actually see, you know. Teofimo Lopez 2.0, right? I mean, yeah. you know, coming back from whatever issues he's had with his family or mental issues or whatever, back on track, getting into this division. Um, yeah, I think I, I see him winning by knockout in the eighth round. Okay. And then I want to see him do a backflip, right? A backflip. Is that what he normally does? He normally gets a back backflip. I did in. not know that. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen that yet. All right, that wraps up our boxing preview. Now on to our boxing news and notes. Well, I know you are going to be just a little bit sad because of this note, but not surprising. Okay. You know, we did have a Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk scheduled, right? It is going to be next weekend. February 17th in Saudi Arabia. That's right. It was going to be next what do you mean, weekend. was? Well, unfortunately, we do have Tyson Fury suffering a cut in sparring, which is now pushing the fight back three months. Excuse me? Three months. I, I'm I'm confused. Well, well, what? how did... This is a, like... Must huge fight. We're all getting paid. We get paid. And on top of this, you could possibly be the undisputed world champion in the heavyweight division. 
and you're heavy sparring? I mean, what what is going on? Yeah, unfortunately, we did have a cut open above the right eye of Tyson Fury. Looks pretty bad. A really big gash. Maybe it was a headbutt or something. But now um, it is being rescheduled for May 18th in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Um, Alexander Usyk is not really calling anybody out or, you know, he, he has expressed his disappointment, but does, you know, understands that accidents happen. I don't think it was an accident. <laughs> no BS is calling this out right now on this show and saying no he is avoiding Usyk at this point. He's avoiding him. So what does he get out of avoiding him? Three more months of training because maybe his trainer sat, sat him down and said, dude, you're spending too much time with your family. You're whatever whatever the, the reason is, whether it's valid or not, he said, we can't fight. You're going to lose, and I know you don't like losing. Let's figure something out. And it would not surprise me at all. all right. What do you think? No, I mean, I, for me, I think it's an accident, and, you know, just, just get him ready for me. Hopefully not the other eye gets hurt. Okay, I'm going on record and telling you we're not getting this fight. Woo! But there's, there's, this fight sets up everything else for the summer, right? I don't think Tyson Fury cares. He's got too much money in the bank. I mean, look at Anthony Joshua's fighting Francis Ngannou. The winner of that fight fights this winner. You can't fight a winner if the, the bout never happens, right? So when the Alexander Osik says well, moves on? Okay, so let, let's – we always do this with fights. What does Tyson Fury have to gain by fighting Usyk? Really? His title's back. He gets the titles that he feels like he deserves. So then the pressure's on him. Because most people think that Usyk's not going to win this fight. So what pressure does Usyk have? What does he get to gain? He's fighting for his country. He's... Well, he, he, he gets to finally say that obviously he's better than Tyson Fury, but really the pressure's not on Usyk because we all think he's probably going to lose. Right. Here's the other problem. Let's say Tyson wins. Then he's got to fight the winner of Naganu versus Joshua. Mm-hmm. He almost lost to, to Naganu. Yeah. So what has he got to gain by getting that rematch? I mean, he really doesn't have anything to gain to fight these fights, really. So you are now on record saying that this fight will never happen. I'm thinking it won't happen. Unless we see an exhibition. They're both 55 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Official Alter Betterby versus Dimitri Beevil is set to clash for the ring lightweight title belt on June 1st. Um, Can we say about time? Can we say... It should have been last year. Should have been last year, yeah. Do you find it interesting it's only for one belt? Oh, yeah, that is interesting. That, cause, uh, and it's not for Beevil's belt. You didn't think you wouldn't think you, they would unify? Well, one, they can't unify because the WBA oh, or WBO right. yeah. won't recognize it. But I'm surprised that it's for the ring lightweight heavyweight belt, and I think Better Beef holds that. Well, that's interesting. I think. So then how do you settle the disputes with all the other belts? You don't sell this. Why are you just selling disputes? I mean, you can put one belt up and not put the other belt right, and you're still a champion? Yeah, but you if you lose, are you still the champion? What is the breakdown of who owns what belts? Because I, I can't look that up. Let me see. Boxing. All right. For the light heavyweight division, and the WBA belt is um, belongs to Demetria Beevil, 
Okay. WBC belt belongs to Arthur Betterbeef. The IBF belt belongs to Arthur Betterbeef. Okay. And the WBO belt belongs to Arthur Betterbeef. So there's a vacant the ring magazine belt that's going to be fought for too, right? And WBA, right? Bevel's title. No, not for Bevel's title. It's just the ring. So it's just the ring. No, just the none, ring. None of the uh, so Better Beef is not putting any of his belts up to fight. I don't think so. It doesn't that's look not, like that one. That's not the headline says that. Wow, kind of seems weird, right? It does seem weird because it, it seems weird in the fact that we're wanting to unify. But if you said, "Listen, these guys are going to fight in the backyard because <laughs> you just want to see them fight," it's not going to be for any titles. Guess what? I'm okay with it. In this instance, I'm kind of okay with it because I don't think I'm ever going to get this fight either. <laughs> so, you know, they've got some incentive for a a championship belt, right? The only problem is if Better Better Beef wins, he's still going to want that other belt from Beevil. So how are they going to work that out? That doesn't make any sense. Usually all the belts are up, right? Yeah, usually. I mean, that's how you dis- settle disputes, right? You settle who's a... Who owns the belt? Yeah. yeah. Are you excited for it, though? I am excited for yes. it. I wish there was all the belts were on the line, that just as it should be. But, you know, I guess we can't have everything. Nope. Well, I don't know if you remember Austin No Doubt Trout. He was a former WBA super welterweight champion of the world. Um, he actually won another title in the welterweight division, um, but not in boxing. No. What did he win it in? In BKFC. I knew you were going to say bare knuckle. Yeah, bare knuckle fighting. He did make his, um, did fight uh, last Friday night to the, in in front of a sold out Hard Rock Live in Hollywood, Florida. Judges scored it 49-45 across the board for Trout, who dropped Palomino in the fourth round. Well, good for him. Maybe he's got a new career. Hey, is BKFC, is it gaining traction in your world? Not gaining traction in my world, but... Um, I think they need a few more bigger names for me to yeah. to want to co see it. Uh, the other problem is, is that usually the names that they do have are retired UFC hey, fighters or whatever, right? Yeah, former yeah. WBA super yeah. welterweight champion Austin Nojat. Yeah, so yeah, get a few more boxers in there. Be very interesting. Yeah, I think so too. Do you have any other news? One more: Noya Anaway versus Luis Neri at the 122-pound championship will clash on May 6th in Tokyo Dome. Nerier is 35-1 and with 27 KOs and is the sanctioning body number one container and is now in line to challenge for Anyway's undisputed crown. Anyway is 26-0 and with 23 KOs. What do you think about that? Oh, man, Luis Nere was on the track to being just one of those guys that just lights out i mean yes and and he can punch he is a brawler puncher um man i think this is a formidable formidable opponent toughest test for him i you know i think stephen fulton was a really good test nonito denaire was a really good test for um for him um you know but man yeah this is somebody else this is another level for him so I read where Nerier actually is suspended indefinitely, and one of the sanctioning bodies actually lifted it for this fight. Wow, yeah. yeah. That's I think, interesting, I think right? another reason why he, he lost traction was because of a 
doping or something like that. And the other thing is, this is the biggest uh, arena that, in a way, has ever fought in. It's the big Tokyo Dome. Yeah, I could. Can you imagine the Tokyo Dome? Like, it's gonna be crazy in there. Yeah, well, Anita hasn't fought since uh, this past July in Mexico. Uh, he fought Ferlan Saldor. Um, is on a four-fight winning streak, but he lost to Brandon Figueroa back in May of 2021, where he lost a WBC Super Bantamweight title. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I, again, I think he's this is actually a really good, formidable opponent for Noya in a way, um, but I still think in a way we'll get through. You know, it's funny to say this because he's 23 and 0, and he has literally ran through every opponent. But I almost feel like this is a must win for him to propel him to the next level. And I, yeah. he's already on elite level, but this could really just show the boxing world that this guy should be pound for pound the number one ranked fighter. Now, should Noya Inouye fight in the United States? He absolutely should come and fight in the United States. He hasn't fight since fought in the United States since December of 2021. Is that crazy? Yeah. Do you have any other news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our boxing segment. Uh, now on to our Pick'em League where, you know, we didn't have a lot of picks. We didn't have any picks. We haven't had any picks. No, we haven't had any picks. This so, has been a slow – it was a slow January. Yeah, slow but January. We've got a we've got – Three picks this we got time. A couple picks coming yeah, up. We'll throw we that some, up. Yeah, we have some picks coming up. Be sure to go ahead and submit your picks by the end of the week. Thank you to everyone that's joining us on the Pick'em League. We really appreciate your support on that. And as always, any late breaking MMA combat world news, check out our social media uh, apps, Instagram, and Facebook. All right. Well, thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. Again, be sure to follow us on all of social, all of our social media platforms. That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. And keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you next week.